He scored 23. Some think he can score 30. Some are saying 35. Others, 40. The Canadians haven't had a 45 goal score in I don't know how long. The last time someone hit over 45 was Stefan Riche, who scored 50 twice in a three-year span. Why did he produce with this coach, but he didn't produce with the other coach? What kind of deal does he have going on with the coach who gives him the freedom? But how long will that coach continue to close his eyes on this player's defensive shortcomings? We'll discuss Cole Caulfield, and we'll do it with Mitch Jaguer, an assistant coach in the KHL who has followed Caulfield's every move. I look forward to this chat. It's coming up on the Sick Podcast. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadiens win the Stanley Cup. Sports entertainment like no other. Brought to you by 8.6 Beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. Marinero, the sick podcast brought to you by 8.6 Beer. Huh? Look at it. Look at it. I love it. All right. And uh, the beer. For those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to, to make their mark, it is intense, very intense, like Cole Caulfield by nature. We'll get to him in just a couple of minutes. And brought to you by Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you go back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. I've been back so many times. I absolutely love it there. By the way, we promised that we would be having our uh, sick podcast one year anniversary party. We had postponed it in the month of April because uh, members of our team were hit with COVID at that point. But I, uh, I can tell you today that it's going to take place on Saturday, May 21st at Lacage de Carry. So give them a call to RSVP. We'll see you there. We're going to have a big party. It's going to be a lot of fun. Joining me, I've been following him on Twitter. He's an assistant coach in the KHL. I'm not going to attempt to say the name of the team because I'm going to screw it up. It's pretty difficult for me to say so. But he does a lot of video breakdown on Twitter of Montreal Canadiens players in particular. And I saw one breakdown of Cole Caulfield, all of his 23 goals. And I said, I got to get him on. Mitch Jaguer, welcome to the Sick Podcast. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good. What about you? Very, very good. So, your assistant coach for what's the name of that team? You don't want to give it a try? Uh, no. Okay, so it's Torpedo Nizhny Novgorod. Like, I'm doing everything over there. Assistant coach, video coach, helping the GM with scouting. I'm, I'm everything. That's nice. Wow, good. Talk to me about your background. Well, I started coaching, uh, I think, 15, 16 years ago. Started uh, minor hockey as, like, same as a player. Um uh, Raised a lot, like went uh, to the next level, to the next level, went AAA mm -hmm. midget, uh, minor midget. After that, I moved uh, out west uh, in Manitoba, Winnipeg. I've coached there, junior A, work uh, with the Winnipeg guys. And uh, since two years, I had a chance to work uh, uh, in the KHL. 
Um, so I've been traveling over there. Um, lucky me, I was able this year to come back right before everything happens over there. Like wow. I think two, two or three, I think everything started uh, like the Thursday and um, I, I left uh, Sunday morning right after our last game I fly out. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's kind of a, a really short uh, background, but I was able to work in every position, uh, assistant coach, head coach, video coach, GM, and uh, every league. So from uh, U8 to midget to junior to uh, U sports, and now uh, since two years uh, in the KHL. You probably don't know yet, but is it your plan to go back to Russia if everything's safe to go back? Well, it's it's a tough call because the first thing first, everything has to be safe no matter what. Secondly, uh, hopefully the bank uh, will allow people to transfer money because since March 9th, all the uh, foreigners are not allowed to transfer money abroad. So my money in my bank over there is frozen until September 9th at least. Wow. Uh, yeah. And um, now the rumors is they might not allow imports next year. Uh, so if they're not allowed imports, obviously I'm Canadian, so I will not be a, a allowed to go. But again, there are so many questions that I'm, there's more chances I'm not going back next year than I'm going. So I'm just, I'm home now talking with teams from everywhere and, and I'll see what's going on. And home for you is Cowansville, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Mon chum Jean-Charles Lajoie, il habite à Cowansville. Tu connais-tu? You know him? Yeah, I know him. Yeah? All right, okay. Um, what's the backup plan for you? No idea. Like, um, it's, you know, right before leaving, we were talking about extending my contract going back. So I didn't really have any plan, plan B, like, because when you're there, you, you, you want to stay there now with everything going on. And like, I'm a dad, I have four kids. I have my wife who she's back at school since two years. Um, now being a full-time daddy at home, I don't mind watching my kids you know growing up and having all the good times and good memories so i don't know maybe going back in europe like i'm talking with germany and, and swiss team mm -hmm. uh maybe coming back in north america uh, at the moment i don't know i'm just trying to enjoy every single minute with the, the kids and, and the wife because i was not here last year like i've missed christmas i've missed wow. my birthday i miss everything so uh, usually I, I, I should already know, but right now with everything going on and everything that I miss, I'm I just stay home and try to to enjoy everything. He's a great follow on Twitter, and you can follow him at Mitch underscore Jaguar. It's a little unconventional what I'm gonna do, but I've done worse, so I'll do it anyway. But there you go. Can you see that? Yeah. All right, there yes. we go. Uh, that's him. All right, uh, and I'm happy because nothing bad popped up on my phone. You see? No, cool. lucky there you. you. Go. All right, okay. There you quick, go. Quick, quick, shut there. it down. That's where you can follow him. Okay, pretty awesome. I saw you put out a video of all of Cole Caulfield's goals, so you know him inside out. You not only took a look at his goals, but you obviously took a look at uh, other plays as well that did not result in goals. Let's talk about him because you know it's um, it's really crazy what happened if you think about it. He had one goal in 30 games this season in the regular season under Dominic Ducharme. I thought they got to get him out of this environment. It was a losing environment, losing culture. He was playing 11 minutes per game at the end. He was on the fourth line. He wasn't seeing the power play. And I was thinking Laval would have been good for him. He did play six games in Laval. He picked up five points. My question to you is, we'll start with this. Why did he not produce under Dominic Ducharme this season, in your opinion? 
Let me ask you one question. Did sure. Did produce last year in playoff under Dominique Ducharme? In the playoffs, in terms yeah. of goal scoring? Yeah. Not really. Not he as was, a, But he was still there. He put up points. I think, and look, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but he did have four goals in 10 games to end the regular season. He did have several goals in the playoffs, the biggest of which came against Robin Lehner. I don't have the exact stats. I know our producer, Sammy, will pull up Cole Caulfield's stats in the playoffs in just a second for me. I do know this. I do know that he was much more dangerous in the playoffs when the game is supposed to be tighter, more yeah. difficult, higher intensity games, higher competition than in the regular season. So as Sammy gets me those numbers, if I don't get them myself here on Cole Caulfield's yeah, numbers. Four in the playoffs, and four. Okay. Four and four. Yeah. Okay. Four goals, four assists. So, so I mean, four goal in playoff and four in season. For okay, eight four, total. Four, okay. Four goals in the playoffs and four in season. Okay. And eight assists, four goals, eight assists, 12 points. Okay. So why would he be on a better pace in the playoffs in tighter games, more intensity than he would be this year in the first 30 games of the regular season? That's a question I would love to have the answer because I will first help me as a coach, will help a lot of coaches. Um, obviously, I think coming up last year in the playoff, like if I'm right, he didn't play the first couple of games. So no one really knew who he was. They all knew like he's a small guy that can shoot the puck. Uh, and he made a statement, I think, the first or second game with the winning goal in OT or, or something like that. So everyone was like, oh, okay, he's that good. He can he, he set up he set up Suzuki on a two on O, um, which was the game winner in game five. Yeah, with Galchenyuk, right? Correct. Galchenyuk <laughs> gives up the uh, the puck at the offensive yeah. blue line and he goes on a two on O and uh him and uh, Suzuki worked the old give and go there, and Suzuki yeah. scores the winner in overtime. Kakanyagimi scores the winner in overtime in game six, and the Canadians end up winning game seven, I believe, by a score of three to one. But please continue. Uh, I think the biggest thing this year, because like he was he was still able to put up eight goals last year, comparing to one this year. But Correct. like you said, by the end of the I'll say by the end of the time with uh, Dominic on behind the bench, he played like 10 to 11 minutes throughout his first 30 games. He played like roughly 14 minutes. And as soon as Marty St. Louis came behind the bench uh his number raised by like he was playing over 18 minutes played on the power play even if he didn't create anything they let him out there try it and at some point your offense will get back because no matter where he's been played that ncaa high school um u.s national program he's a guy that can score and shoot the puck from everywhere and that's his nickname like he can shoot and he can score so for sure he's going to be able to do it but now it's just a matter of i think he didn't had a great start uh not playing a lot of minutes you always like a, an offensive player not being in position of power play having offensive minutes offensive face off playing with good players for sure you ask some questions to yourself and for sure you're um putting maybe a little bit more pressure and because of that it starts playing in your head and when it starts playing in your head you ask too much you ask too many questions to yourself and i think that was the big big mistake with uh, with him at the start 
Yeah, you talked about his nickname, which is Gold Caulfield, obviously. Yeah. So now uh, the video compilation that you put together, his 23 goals. So now did you just answer the question by he produced more with Marty St. Louis because he got more ice time? Is that the big reason why or or is there something else in your opinion? I think there's there's more. Obviously playing mostly almost like what, four minutes plus four minutes each game. Uh, so let's say, let's put it in 10 games. He already played like, uh, 10, 40 minutes more. So it's a lot of ice time more. Uh, I think his shots per game was raised. Like I think before I have it here, um, uh, his shot per game was 245, I think before, and now it's over three. So over three shots per game. Um, obviously more you shoot, more you're going to score at some point. Mitch, um, without being a coach, if I coached a guy like that, I would tell him, Cole, Shoot, shoot the fuck every chance you get. Yeah. Eight, nine. I, you know what? I, I want to see close to ten shots a game from you. But and and I think we we were able to see it uh, a little glimpse at the end of the year, like the last game of the season. Uh, I think I have it here. You had like nine shots. A couple of games before, six, four, three, four, four, three, six, five. Like that's this is who you want. And now, uh, so like playing on the first line, knowing that if you made a mistake without the puck, not that it's fine, but you will not skip a couple of shifts because the coach need your offensive first and not your defensive first. Uh, playing, Like I said, playing with players, being on the power play and being a threat. I think him and Weidman had a, a little chemistry. Um, at the end, like Weidman, I had him last year in, in the KHL, and you understand it. I was talking with him, and you understand that Every time I had the puck, and if he's wide open, I'm going to give it to him because one chance, one shot out of two might go in. Um, so it's just a, a couple of small things. And obviously having Marty behind the bench who trust him, and I'm not saying Dominic didn't trust him. Like we don't know what really happened behind the bench and in the room and everything. But Pardon having, me, was Weidman playing on your team last year? Yeah, he was. Uh, he won the uh, best demon of the league. All right. Yeah, great. Yeah, guy. I, know, I think he, yeah, yeah, he put up he put up close to fifty points in the KHL. I know that. I thought he had a good season in the National Hockey League uh, this year as well. Yeah. But is he that? Before we get back to Caulfield, because obviously you have knowledge of this player, is he a defenseman you think the Canadians should bring back next year as a seven? Why? Like this year, everyone was like, "Who's that guy?" And number seven, I'm not sure about it. And he was running at some point the first PP, and he was doing good. And I'm pretty sure we'll not ask. Three million, so maybe one point five, maybe two, as a number seven that can run a PP if somebody is hurt. And everyone is talking about we we have to get rid of Petri. Uh, we have too many young players, so I'll say yes, all in. Okay, very very good. All right, okay. So now, uh, Marty Saint Louis talks to us a lot about it's a game of give and take between coach and player. Okay. Yes. Uh, and he said that, uh, you know, as long as the player is uh, upholding his end of the bargain, St. Louis is going to be willing to be a little bit more lenient on his end. Yes. I would imagine uh, to simplify the conversation between St. Louis and Cole Caulfield, it would be Cole. I know you have defensive shortcomings, but if you're on the ice for a goal against and you're on the ice for two goals, four, three goals, four, you score one to assist, you pick up two goals. I'm okay. When you're at a deficit is when there's going to be a little bit of a challenge and we're probably going to have to meet halfway. So, but 
for a guy who's an assistant coach in the KHL like yourself, coaches want players to all play what they call the right way. And they want them all to play a very responsible game. Let's just leave it at that. Can a coach have an exception? And can Caulfield be that exception? Can Marty St. Louis say, I'm going to close my eyes to Caulfield? Because then if he closes him to Caulfield, I'm sure that Hoffman would like for him to close him to him as well. And I'm sure Drouin would like the same thing, just to name a few. Your thoughts? Yes, for sure. And we... And I think that's the, I'll say the good thing with uh, St. Louis behind the bench is allowing his offensive players to have, a, to use a little bit more the offense if they create something, obviously. And and let's take us uh, in the KHL with David was our head coach. And we had, let's say, Zafirov. He's a, for the second year in a row, top three most points in the league. Obviously, without the puck, he's okay like average. But what he, what he can produce offensively, there's no one else in the team that is close to him. So it's always a fine line of, okay, did he's working hard or he's just lazy, you know, doesn't really want to be in a defensive zone, creating turnover over turnover. That's the biggest, that's the biggest thing. And, you know, before coming to uh, this podcast and everyone is talking about defensive mistakes and the minus and the plus, and, but I was looking at that under Ducharme, Caulfield was minus 15, and under St. Louis, he's only minus nine. So, which is kind of normal, though, considering the team played better under St. Louis and yes. picked up more wins under St. Louis than they did under Ducharme. That would somewhat explain it. But now, in the last game of the regular season, Caulfield school, scored a hat trick. Yeah. But in the two games prior to that, he turned the puck over in the neutral zone a couple of times, which actually ended up translating to the other team scoring a couple of goals. So uh, there are challenges with some of the decisions he takes with the puck in very key areas, very important areas that maybe there's certain areas where you try certain things, certain areas you don't, but I would imagine those are things trial and error. You learn. Yes. And like against Boston, the, second or third last game of the season and finished, like you said, minus three. So obviously it was out there making mistakes. And we, the, the other thing too, we, we have to think is it came from the NCAA. They are not playing 60, 70, 82 games. They're playing two games weekly. They have a full month off in, in December. They're playing 20, 30 something games. So he has, he, he, he need to learn a lot of things first and those mistakes, and we we, we saw it with um, Romanov this year, how good he was with the puck comparing as before, only by doing video one-on-one, -on -one, reading, reacting. So we can they can do the same thing with Cole Caulfield, for sure. It's just a matter of, okay, how much the kid want to learn and to grow. And I'll come back with, you probably saw it because it went viral on, on Twitter, the video I merged him scoring a goal and him working with Marty St. Louis, just faking the clapper, getting inside and shooting. It was like maybe two or three weeks apart, but the kid wants to learn. So obviously you will get better at for him. The only exception I think for him, he's so small and not strong. And don't get me wrong. He will never be as strong as nobody in the league because he's, he's a tiny guy. So he has to play smarter and make that one or two extra extra stride to get 
in front or ahead of the player instead of trying to hook him or push him or you know it's all about being much more smart which leads me to believe that he's going to have a lot of success and a great relationship with marty st louis because marty st louis too was a small guy and when you're a small guy you can't play the way eric lindros used to play the game because he just used to you know go over people uh you you know as mike ribeiro once told me too he says if you know I had to find a way to take the puck off of Lindros and I was never going to win a physical battle and you don't want to engage. You're only going to tire yourself out or you're only going to end up getting beat up or getting hurt. So what you got to do is you got to exercise the brain a lot. And Marty St. Louis talks about that. He talks about his concepts and he talks about trying to develop the hockey IQ, trying to develop the hockey brain. Uh, And Cole Caulfield is such a small guy that... You know, a lot of people probably would have thought he wouldn't even get to this point. He would have been obliterated by now. And now that he's got here, a lot of people still think he's going to get obliterated. But I don't remember him getting hit hard this season because he's had to use this brain so much more than so many other players who are bigger that he does a great job of reading, tracking information, knowing where to go and not knowing where to go. It leads me to believe that he and St. Louis are are going to have a very long, successful relationship. I, I think so, and and you were dead on. Like He has the offensive skill set to score goals, so obviously his mindset is all about where I can go, where I can shoot, where I can put myself in a great position for, for scoring a goal. So obviously when he's touching the puck, and even before, he already knows, okay, that D is here. We have the back. We have the, the the back check coming this way. So I have to go here or get there or make that play. So this is why and how he was able to uh, not get hit or almost murder sometimes. Because and the other thing too, the biggest difference uh, for him at the start of the season, and a lot of people talked about it, and now he is always moving his feet. That's a big thing. So it's hard, no matter how big or small you are, it's always harder catching up somebody that is always moving and always going in a, in a direction or in a position that will put himself in the best position possible to create something offensively. If you want that Cole Caulfield number 22 jersey, I can tell you that you can buy it at sportbuffshop.com. Shop for all your licensed sports apparel, lifestyle apparel, including hoodies, caps, T-shirts of your favorite teams of all the major leagues, and even our sick merchandise. Look at what I'm wearing today if you're watching this on video. huh? Double shift your best players. huh? I would, I'm sure Cole Caulfield would love to be double shifted. And so you can pick that up at sportbuffshop.com. Use code 615 for 15% off all other items. And also... Uh, um, uh, a hello to matrixhomefitness.ca setting me up uh, with a club quality workout in my own home in the comfort of my own home. My time is limited. I don't have a lot of time to go up because I'm already out a lot. So when I come home, the fitness equipment is there. I brought it home. You can visit matrixhomefitness.ca. I got to be on the treadmill. Cole probably has to be in the weight room or resistance bands. But anyway, that's another story for another day. Okay. So coach, the Canadians haven't had a 40-goal scorer since Vinny Donfus did it back in the mid-1990s. Uh, Guy Lafleur passed away on uh, the 22nd of April, and he's a guy who scored 50. He's a guy who scored 60 once upon a time. Steve Schutt scored 60 as well, and Stefan Richer scored 50 twice in a three-year span. Montreal Canadians fans love goal scorers, and 
they're 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 anxious they're waiting for a a guy to be able to hit 40 again because it's been a long time it's been 27 years or so so my question to you is how many can he score I, I think he can easily reach uh, over 40. Let's say if we take the season when St. Louis was there, it was on pace to score 48 goals, I think, in 82 games. Um, so I think he will make it. Like He scored eight goals at every level that he played, everywhere that he went. Um, so I think we will see it really, really soon in the near future that he's going to reach 40 and, and plus. Wow, that's awesome. In ending, last question. Is Josh Anderson the right winger on that line? Do you like Cole Caulfield on the left wing? And if Anderson's not that guy, is there a guy that you've identified? I think if Anderson could be the right fit, if he was a little bit less physical, creating more plays uh, and being more consistent. Um, but I think they're going to need to draft to fit somebody there that will be in the next two or three years. And they have some great UFA this season with Godreau, Fosberg, Maybe Brian Russ, Andrew Cup, those names. I know they're big names, but if you give them money, they might want to come to Montreal. If not, it's going to be a trade. But now, who do you want to trade? You're going to have to trade some young players. Is that what the new uh, Montreal Canadian wants? That's the question to ask uh, for them. But again, trade, you have some good names. Maybe Pierre-Luc Dubois could be a great fit. Is there a name in the KHL? Nah. No? And obviously, like, the biggest thing is I'm not sure a lot of KHL guys are going to make the move uh, to come here. And I'm not sure a lot of NHL team teams will, will take any chances. You can follow the SICK Podcast on all social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's absolutely for free. Mitch Jaguer, what a great follow on Twitter, an assistant coach in the uh, KHL. Your first time on the SICK Podcast. I'm going to tell you right now, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. It yeah. won't be your last time if you did. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast for sure. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Coach. That's it. I'm Marinaro. This podcast is sick. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by 8.6, Intense by Nature, and Lakage. If the last time you went to Lakage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lakage. The menu will surprise you. <laughs>